Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share their practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career and life satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we are breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch those Sunday blues. Welcome to No More Mondays. Hello, everybody, and welcome to No More Mondays podcast. As always, I am your host, Angie Callen. The lead in to today's episode is going to be just a little bit different because I'm going to start with a story. On a cold, snowy powder day at Snowmass, the winter before last, Jim and I boarded the Alpine Springs lift along with a guy from the singles line. As locals do, we started chatting it up and figured out that we are actually both locals. And before I knew it, we were about seven chairs from the end when Dave Mayer, who is about to come online with me, and I figured out that we play on complementing ends of the same ballpark. That typical what-do-you-do exchange sounded a little bit something like this. Dave, well, I'm an executive technical recruiter. Me, mouth agape. I'm a career coach who specializes in technology. And henceforth, these two worlds collided. Since then, I have really come to respect Dave, not only for the work he does matching technology professionals and executives with the right companies and cultures, but his focus on conscious entrepreneurship is something we can all learn from as we leverage our careers and our businesses for greater impact for those both those who we serve and for the world. We're going to chat business. We're going to chat purpose. And if you're a job seeker, don't worry. We're going to chat about executive recruitment. And I'm guessing we're going to get into a whole lot more. So I hope you will help me welcome to the show, Dave Mayer. Dave, welcome to No More Mondays. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like this conversation's a long time coming. And uh, it's just funny when you live in a, a little mountain town, town to, to find somebody in this same ballpark, you know, right down the street. So let's let now that we're on air and we follow or following up on this chance meeting, I have lots I want to get into, but let's start with uh, your work at Technical Integrity, your executive search firm. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about what you're up to there. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, obviously there's a, there's a lot of folks in the space and um, one of the biggest differentiators for us is is around community building. Um, for since our inception in 2010, we have really built the give first ethos into our DNA as an organization. And what that means is really just give without expecting a get. Right, bring people together, uh, share of your time, your energy, sometimes your resources, without any expectation of anything in return. You know, this uh, idea came from our friends Brad Feld and, and David Cohen uh, in their early days at Techstars. And just this um, give to your community, help others out, lift others up. Don't expect anything in return. Sure, it'll eventually come back to you. And yes, it's the long play, but it's the right play. And that's really been uh, our DNA from the start. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, and I want to get a little bit of a snapshot into the backstory and how you even came into this in a minute. But it's it's interesting that as we talk to more and more people on this podcast, and I talk to just people in life that have figured out how to work with purpose and work with satisfaction, 
it almost always comes back to two big things, values alignment and and the service that you provide. And that idea that, you know, if you do give and you give freely, it always ends up working out in the end and usually better than it would if you've got like the ulterior motives. So I really, I really appreciate that you built technical integrity kind of on that ethos and what, how did you, and so how did it come to be? How, how did you, you get into this world? What was, what's the backstory? Yeah. 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 Thanks. Um, in my past, past life. So I grew up in DC. Um, you know, I, I, uh, went to Virginia tech and fell in love with the outdoors, uh, and then moved back to DC after I graduated and was going pretty crazy because it was just like, you know, you can't, can't get away from the noise, right? It's just uh, insanely loud. It took an hour to get anywhere quiet. Um, and, you know, a couple of years later, I guess, you know, mid, mid 97. So I graduated in 95, mid 97. I came out on a business trip uh, to Colorado, fell in love with, with Colorado. Um, but didn't get into recruiting until uh, 2000. Um, at that time, it was very much a sort of, you know, consultancy, you know, butts in seats. We don't care about culture fit. It was, you know, let's go, go, go. Right. And that's certainly one way to do business. Um, but after a number of years of, of doing that um, with larger businesses, uh, it, it, I knew there was a better way. Right. And so, um, after the 08 recession, when uh, the small business that I was a part of uh, crumbled, um, I had an opportunity to reflect and think about how to bring the soul back to recruiting and really start my own thing. Um, and that's really when uh, this whole concept of uh, a service business, uh, an executive search and, and technical team building organization in true service to the community to the engineering community and startup community in Boulder in particular uh, came about. And so um, it was, that's when the light went on. And that's when I saw Dave and, and Brad talking uh, at the standing room only Boulder Denver new tech meetup and just like, mm-hmm. okay, this is how this is going to go. We're on to something here. And you, you actually brought up something I would love to get your perspective on is, you know, you really wanted to shift how you, how you worked and how people thought about, you know, pairing up culture and, and and moving away from that, like the old school, very much like humans as commodities model. And I'm curious that over the last, you know, 15 or so years, you know, since the Great Recession, since the boom of tech, the last few months of another change in tech, I'm curious what you've seen as far as like a global shift in kind of corporate culture and the methodologies behind it. Yeah. Uh, softball question. Uh- uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit of a loaded one too. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it, it. I mean, it's changed exponentially since I've started, right? 23 years now in recruiting, which is a little mind-bending. Um, you know, back in the day in, in the, you know, the dot-com uh, explosion, of course, it was all about uh, butts in seats and hurry up, go, 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 and raise as much money in we don't really care and burn them out and 80 hours a week. And, you know, that still exists in some, uh, in some areas, but, but that's not the world that we live in. And that's not the world that, that we want or need to focus in. And, and so we're grateful uh, to, to be 
uh, a part of these conscious communities, these organizations that, uh, as Keith Frazzi said at, at Conscious Entrepreneur Summit, that co-elevate, right? Lift one another up and and hold one another accountable as well. But to answer your question, like, you know, back in the day, it was like uh, LFG, right? Let's fucking go really fast, really hard and at all costs, right? And and that's a losing strategy over time, of course, right? It, this is, especially in the startup realm where we, where we focus, um, again, yes, that's one way to do things and you're entitled to do that, but you're also very likely to burn out more than half your workforce. They're going to stick around for less than a year. Your, you know, your opportunity costs are going to be high. Your literal costs are going to be high um, because you're going to be constantly backfilling people. And so um, these days, you know, especially let's say fast forward to 2020, right, where it, there was all sorts of layoffs, um, and then into 2021, where you know mankind doesn't seem to have a an ability to to function in the middle of the pendulum, right? It's it's like you, you, feast or famine, right? Yeah. So in 2020, it was famine. In 2021, OMG, we're going to hire everybody and we're going to overhire. And uh, and now to some extent in, you know, in 23, we're still paying for it, right? There was all sorts of layoffs last year. You know, I, I, it, it's a conversation for another day on the ski slopes of, you know, why can't uh, mankind, you know, function somewhere in the middle. But, you know, I think it's, it's, it has created a little bit of a stasis, a little bit of a healthier place now. Again, at least in my small world of uh, Colorado startups, mindfully created startups that understand that these are human beings that you're working with. These are not commodities. They have families. They have lives. If you want them to stick around, you're going to have to listen to them when they, when they tell you that they're burning out. Um, you're going to have to actually sit down and listen to, to what their feedback is about making more productive feedback loops or whatever it is, you know, better team meetings, or it should have been an email and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, and zoom fatigue and it's all real. Right. And, and, you know, every organization is different. Um, and so, you know, there's no one answer. Um, I would say, but it, you know, most of my clients still are currently remote first organizations or primarily remote organizations um, and working on asynchronous communications. But there's also a handful. There was an AI uh, startup in Boulder that was like, you know what, we're going to turn this on its head. Um, it's been too much out of the office. Um, you know, a bunch of former Twitter folks um, and they're just like, you know, four days in the office in Boulder. It's a beautiful office. And, um, you know, let's go, let's work together. Let's collaborate. But, you know, one of the founders, my buddy there is, you know, bikes home at 501 to go take care of his two-year-old. Right. And, yeah. you know, so he leads by example in that regard. I love that you brought up the pendulum because that is exactly what we've, I, that's exactly what the last three years have been. It's like one extreme or the other. And I, and a lot of this I think has, has been, you know, what we're, what we're seeing on where the pendulum, I feel like the pendulums, it, the, the uh, arc of the swing is, is starting to kind of rein itself in. So the extremes aren't quite so uh, polarizing. And it, to me, that is like a 15 year breakneck speed growth in technology, finally trying to figure out its, its long term stasis. 
Uh, and I, from what I've also seen is that, that the younger generations of workers are like really flooding the flooding the the professional world are kind of forcing that change because they are not necessarily the, as inclined as we Gen Xers are to work in a high burnout startup environment. And so I'm curious, here comes the next pitch in this game of softball, Dave. What yep. is your recommendation to how candidates can, I'm going to say leverage, but it doesn't feel like the right word. How how do candidates use the shift that we're seeing and this move to, at least in some areas, a more conscious culture and conscious work environment to their advantage to find places that align? Yeah. Thanks for that. Um, so maybe in the show notes, we can share this audio blog that I created um, around finding your North Star. Um, there's a Japanese concept called Ikigai. Um, and, you know, we have a graphic around it uh, that will help folks find their North Star, as well as Simon Sinek's Start With Why, not necessarily from a business perspective, but from a personal perspective. And so I think encouraging folks to really slow down, especially if they've just been laid off and they're sort of in oh shit mode, um, you know, I think it's really just take a deep breath. Right, especially those in the technology realm, you know, we're we're fortunate enough. All of us are fortunate enough to be able to engineer our future. You know, yes, of course, we all have bills to pay. Yes, we have um, things to take care of, uh, people to take care of, bills to take care of. But let's go about it mindfully, right? Let's go about it with a great deal of intention, versus oh shit, oh shit, I I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. You know, I'm working with my niece right now, who's um, you know, 20 years younger than me. Um, but she's, she was working at Under Armour and got laid off in a high paying job. Um, and now she's working a bar job, which is, which is good and fine. And I actually recommend it in my blog as, you know, if you absolutely need to pay the bills, buy yourself some time and go get a bar job, even though it's, you know, a left turn from perhaps what you were doing. And some people don't want to do that. And that's fine. Where I'm headed is we have a great deal of opportunity to create and engineer the future that we want if we take the time to slow down and do this entirety of, of a search in with intention versus uh, being done out of fear and lack. We have more ability in the professional world to create the path we want to create, but you have to do that work, right? You have to do the reflection. You have to figure it out. And sometimes that means, I love this example that you just gave, because a lot of people, like I would say more seasoned, let's not say older, job seekers or professionals would be like, oh my gosh, well, what's she going to put on her resume? It's going to say she had a bar job for seven months and they're going to ask her all kinds of questions about that. Well, guess what? You can create a very intentional answer to why you did that that will resonate because you you it it has a reason behind it and sometimes it's so funny Dave I was I was recording a podcast on somebody else's uh last week it's called the, the happiness squad and it's going to air sometime soon everybody and literally they were like what do you do if you get laid off and the first thing I said was don't react and breathe because that's usually we just go into panic mode and roll ourselves into just the next thing when really 5 months of a bar job and being able to explain that you know stop uh, on the train on your resume is much healthier and will get you further in the long run than just falling into the next, you know, oh my gosh, I have to pay the bills 
professional opportunity that might not align with where you want to go. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's going to create the space that you need to get clear to do this Ikigai exercise, to do the start with why, and to just sit still, right? I mean, there's also, you know, you don't have to put it on your resume at all, right? It's like, there was a five month break. I got laid off, tough shit. Let's talk about reality land here, right? So I think, you know, that's one thing that I've also seen plenty of times, like people are like sabbatical. Uh, other people are like, you know, decided to travel to Europe because I always wanted to or Asia. And then, you know, other people are like, you know, I was taking care of my my sick parent, right? And all of these things are totally legitimate, right? You are talking to a fellow human and so humanize the situation. Yes. yes. And I would also encourage those of you on the other side to humanize the situation because there's plenty of people who still don't. You know, if you're hiring and you're going to hold these things over people's head, what I'll say is then you're then they don't jive with your ikigai is what I would say. If you I tell people all the time, if you walk into an interview and they start grilling you about a gap on your resume that was six months long, seven years ago, you don't want to work for them. Right. Because they probably don't see you as a human and have that do that kitschy term work life balance. And, yep. and as we talk about this whole concept of intentionality, engineering your future, I, I really do think we've moved into a phase where there's there's so many more options, right? There's more career tracks than there were when I was figuring out what to go to college for, which is why I went to be an engineer, even though, you know, mm -hmm. why? Uh, there's so many more options now that we I think that we have the space to kind of cr carve that path out. So we owe it to ourselves to do the due diligence. Yeah. And uh, let's just define Ikigai for a minute, just for those that don't have the graphic in front of them. And, and like we said, we'll include it. But it's it's four concentric circles, uh, and and ikigai means a reason of being or a reason for being. In in this case, in the work world, so the the four circles are what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and what you're good at. And in the middle of those four concentric circles is your ikigai. And so, you know, obviously. There could be some overlap. Let's just say you're an engineer um, with your engineering skills. But, you know, I, I talked to plenty of folks who are just completely burnt out on the engineering trade and really want to chase their dream to do whatever it is, X, Y, Z. Um, and, and they go do that. And But they also know that they can, you know, make money doing it. And so, you know, th the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But You'll never get to the truth if you don't take the time to breathe, take a step back, go for a walk, talk to your best friends, you know, do some of these writing exercises um, and just pause. You have to give yourself space and tune out. I bet I bet we could record an entire episode, Dave, on the value of living near near great nature and the, the right. benefits of 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 yep. taking advantage of it. And uh, I want to kind of use all of this as a segue to, to to linger on a topic just for a second that I, I want to you know make space for, which is the idea that entrepreneurship, in my mind, has become one of those, let's call it career tracks that's, that is a lot more viable now than it mm -hmm. was 20 plus years ago, uh, whether it's because technology supports it or society is, you know, is more accepting of that as a career track, people are more innovative, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about the work you do with the Conscious Entrepreneur Summit, which you've mentioned a couple of times and, and kind of how it fits into this overall little ecosystem of creating, you know, more mindful businesses and workplaces. So tell me more about it. Yeah. So um, 
my friend Alex Raymond um, is is really the creator. Um, uh, he came to me a couple of years ago and said, "Hey, you know, I've got this this summit, but I need your help in bringing on some sponsors uh, to to make it a reality." And um, so we just finished year two. Um, it's really you know a little bit like what it sounds like. Obviously, this concept of of conscious leadership has been around for a while. Um, conscious entrepreneurship is is a little bit newer. Um, you know, effectively, it's um, just taking a bit slower, uh, more intentional approach to to entrepreneurship. And really, um, this year we had, uh, as as noted, uh, Keith Ferrazzi come speak, um, who was who was amazing. He made everybody cry. Um, we had, um, you've likely, if, if anybody is on LinkedIn, you've definitely seen Liz Fosling's illustrations around emotions at work. Uh, she was one of our speakers and, and she's pretty amazing. Um, you know, last year we had, uh, Jerry Colonna, uh, CEO whisperer, right. And, you know, been on Tim Ferriss a handful of times. Um, you know, it's just these, these amazing world-class speakers, um, that come and talk about, uh, sort of a better way to work, uh, a better way to function at work, a better way to be a healthier entrepreneur. Uh, I've long been a, a, a an advocate for mental health and entrepreneurship, right? There's this, uh, as mentioned, sort of bullshit hustle, hustle at any cost um, approach to entrepreneurship and in particular startups and, you know, out of the Bay Area and hustle till you drop right? It's a flawed model. And I've known that for many, many years because I did drop in 2010 um, while starting Technical Integrity. I also was a founder in a, in a, a software startup um, and ended up in the hospital from exhaustion uh, and stress and, you know, uh, co-founder fallouts and all the fun things. Um, and, you know, after that and after hearing a number of, of other leaders in the community just talk openly about their struggles with stress and depression and um, all the things, right. That are, that are truly human. Um, but nobody really was talking about in, in the mid two uh, thousands. Um, it gave me permission to be vulnerable, it gave me permission to be open about my struggles. And then I, I decided to really dig in and just say, Hey, you know, there is another way to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to burn out. You can do this intelligently. You can approach this, uh, you know, as a, as a true leader and show your teams what it means to be a conscious leader and to co-elevate, right. And to, to lift one another up. Um, and you don't have to have this burnout culture. Uh, it's, I think that's a really good message for all of those, really for anybody, because I think we, we all come from a, a professional, uh, let's say, uh, past that perpetuated that like burnout, the time mm -hmm. that, you know, you have to overwork if you're not valuable unless you're in the office 60 hours a week and all those kinds of things. And I think the irony of it, when we apply that to the entrepreneurial world is that most of us want to have the freedom and flexibility of owning our own business, even if it's also as a, as a function of putting our purpose or that, you know, conjoining of the Ikigai buckets out into the world. But then we also end up creating like our own little prison. We've all seen that meme that's I'd rather work 100 hours for myself than 40 for somebody else. And that's yep. that is com the completely bass backwards 
way to do entrepreneurship, but I, yeah. I experienced it myself as well. And in 2020, I was, I started working like 70 hours a week because people's career blew up and they were like, yep. oh my gosh, please be my therapist and my coach. And people's jobs were churches were taken forever. And I was like a shell of a human after four or five, six months of that and realized that wasn't necessarily the way to, to do it. And, and that I was allowed to create a different, you know, schedule, a different cadence and a different uh -huh. pace for myself. And that yeah. didn't mean I was any less successful. And I think that it's, amazing to perpetuate that message, not only within entrepreneurs, but within a group of entrepreneurs who are also, you know, employing people right. uh, as well. Yeah. No, nobody's saying don't work hard. I, I think it's a little bit of, you know, work smarter um, and, you know, put yourself and your family and your health first. Um, and, and you are not your job, right. You know, whether you're an entrepreneur or otherwise. Ooh. So, uh, I think that, yeah, that old adage, work smarter, not harder, harder is 100% applicable now because working hard does not necessarily mean more, right? And mm -hmm. in fact, a lot of times it, it it translates to more is less because you're you're less effective. And, and for those of you, for those of you out there, you couldn't see my eyes get really big when Dave said you are not your job. And, and I bet you and I have found similar, you know, I'm also East Coaster, got bit by the nature bug, came out here and was like, holy cow, why am I not? Why am I driving I-95 to ski in Maine when I can live in Colorado, right? But yeah. I find that also as you move west, we tend to detach from that your job or your profession yep. is your identity thing because we have, you know, and, and we're not dogging on, on New York Cityites here, but mm -hmm. out here we tend to tend to have more hobbies that define us. And I think it's a way healthier way to identify with yourself so that when you get laid off, you don't go into crisis mode because you just lost your whole identity. So I'm curious if you've seen that too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you spend, you know, fill in the blank amount of hours uh, at a at a professional opportunity, of course, you know, it, I was just I'm actually in the middle of writing a blog that, you know, you spend a third of your life at work. Right. I mean, of course, you're going to have some portion of your identity wrapped up in what you do. Uh, no, no question. I mean, it's it's inevitable. Um, and, you know, hopefully you're doing meaningful work and you're, you're doing something that you care about. It's not just another widget. Right. Um, so, so yeah, of course, um, there's going to be a sense of loss. There's going to be, you know, if you're caught up in a, in a layoff, you're going to, you're going to sort of feel like a part of you was, was torn away or is no longer part of you. And that's, uh, that's sort of further illustration on why you should slow down rather than go into panic mode. Um, because, it's it's an opportunity. It might be a challenge, but it's a massive opportunity to think about who you want to be next and how you, as I like to say, what you want to be when you grow up, right? And um, you know, some people sort of look at me sideways when I when I ask that, but you know, most people laugh, and it's because it you know evokes a a, a thought of you know when you were six, right? You know, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a DJ, or whatever, right? Um, but you get to call the shots. It is an opportunity. And um, let's just say it was a, whatever, a dead end job or something that you weren't happy in and you got laid off because, you know, whatever, the company ran out of funding and or it was evident you weren't happy in the role anyway. Um, it doesn't matter. The, the, the sort of Buddhist philosophy of begin again, right? You get an opportunity every moment of every day to begin again. And um, that includes if you're caught in a layoff. Yeah. And a lot of times those 
those instances end up becoming blessings and you're you, you needed to be pushed off pushed off that precipice and you know when it comes to you know just to kind of wrap up that concept about you know job not defining you it's hmm. it's not that your job is not your does not define you it's only a part of your definition and your overall your overall self and value and satisfaction has more components than just your vocation and i think you know kind of our message and what everything else everything here trickles into is this idea of it being intentional and identifying all of those components because that's where fulfillment comes from right if you try to find all of your meaning or you or you attach all of your meaning to your job you're missing out on on other other aspects of life and you're also putting too much pressure on on your professional aspect of your of your overall existence and i think that's where this idea of of being mindful not only about the workplaces we're creating but the workplaces that you're in is is a, kind of a recurring theme here which brings us perfectly to uh, our next segment so shall we continue the game of softball that we're playing on and off throughout this conversation please okay cool so uh, applying everything we've talked about so far, how can job seekers bring this concept of integrity and mindfulness to their job searches and to their how they show up in the workplace? Hmm. So how they show up in the workplace or in their search? I, I, I kind of want to get both. So can we make this a two-part question? Sure. So let's uh, presume still currently employed. I think there's there's a lot of folks who are averse to having difficult conversations at work, um, especially with somebody in a position of power, whether it's CEO or they're just their sort of inline boss. I would encourage folks to to really invite a deep dive conversation, perhaps outside of the office, whether it's coffee or breakfast or something that's not normal for you and your boss or you and the decision makers in the organizations. So, you know, a change of setting and um, perhaps you can or will have taken some initiative prior on something that's important to you, um, you know, within the organization that you want to bring to their attention or think could be uh, an opportunity for the organization, or you can make their life easier, whatever it is. And or, you know, the other way is like you, you're sort of uncomfortable with something that's being uh, the way something has been done or if you feel like you're not being heard or your team isn't being heard, then, you know, being willing to have difficult conversations um, in a respectful manner, but also obviously coming with solutions. Um, I think, you know, obviously these are very different kind of conversations in larger organizations than they are within small startups. Um, you know, hopefully by and large management has open door policies, but I think, um, really taking it upon yourself to engage in constructive, uh, hard conversations, um, will always result in positive things, no matter how uncomfortable they are in the short run. Yeah, and I'll jump in and then we're going to I'll keep you accountable to answering this from a job search perspective too, but I I think there's this this concept that you're just this like a lot of people fall into that like I'm just one person, I'm not going to change anything, but we all yep. know one person who's changed a whole lot of things about this world. And so, mm-hmm. you know, in in the snapshot of what Dave just said, it's basically grow some cojones to go approach those the powers that be to have the conversation change up the environment so that everybody can get into that headspace, but you have to come 
to it, you have to come at these with solutions so that you're not just the town crier. Right. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of people are good at complaining, but they don't ever necessarily sit down and say, hey, maybe I could be I could be part of a solution to that, let alone then taking that proactive step to go and suggest it uh, to, to the powers that be. You might get buy in, you may not get buy in, but you'll know you at least did your small part in attempting to fix whatever X is. Yep. And, and, you know, show your work as well. Right. You know, show that you've taken some initiative, show that you have some ideas um, and or how other organizations have implemented some of these things that you might be concerned about. But yeah, at the end of the day, it needs to be a, a glass half full sort of uh, 51%, you know, opportunity versus just complaining. Absolutely. Exactly. So then, so let's say that you're, whether you're in a job or you've been laid off, whatever, you are seeking a new position. How do candidates uh go about looking for or or vetting that mindfulness in an employer how do they find good matches yeah so a, a couple of things that that i talk about regularly um best companies to work for lists are a good place to start um in particular recurring appearances on a multitude of those and cross referencing with Glassdoor. So let's just say Colorado best companies to work for Colorado biz magazine. Then there's outside magazine has the best companies to work for and Glassdoor. And so you see that X company appears, you know, three out of three years on each of those lists and has a four out of five star rating or five out of five on Glassdoor. Uh, that's a pretty good indicator. Right. You know, obviously at the same time, the opposite side of that is be careful a little bit, uh, buyer beware. If you saw one organization appears one year on one of those lists and not on any others, because it is possible, not often, but it is possible to game those systems, you know, where a company wide memo goes out and says, everybody tell everybody how, you know, tell the world how awesome it is to work here. And everybody writes a letter and then, you know, all hell breaks loose and then it becomes not a great place to work. Um, I'm just saying, obviously, do your homework, right? And cross-reference. So, that, so that's the first part of it. Um, the second part is is build community, right? Just like we do, just like, um, you know, go to meetups. Um, and really, this is these go hand in hand, right? You have done your homework. You've identified your top five based on the cultural attributes that are important to you, based on their leadership. Um, you, you really dug in and done your homework. You see that they're on these, these lists. You see that they're active in the community. Um, and then you go out and, and actively engage with them, right? You see that the CEO or the CTO is speaking at a local meetup or that they're at Boulder Denver Startup Week or West Slope Startup Week coming up here in August. Um, and you just go introduce yourself, right? And and just bring up what's important to you straight up. Like, hey, you know, uh, and I don't know that I would start with, hey, I'm looking for a job. It's, hey, I'm really enamored with how you uh, have, you know, spent a lot of time in building your your core values as an organization. And here's one that resonates with me. You know, I'd love to hear about why you chose that and put it in your top three things as an organization to to really 
uh, help everybody strive for, right? And here's how I strive for that in my daily basis, in my daily life as well, right? And so you're, you're fostering a relationship, you're creating um, opportunity for, for a, a human conversation, a human connection. Um, and then eventually it'll come around to, you know, what do you do or what's, what's going on or, you know, and if, and double bonus points, extra credit points, if you're helping the organizer of this meetup, bring in speakers, sponsors, you're actually building community, you're playing the long game, you, you are a genuine part of the community. Everybody goes to one meetup and never comes back, right? Be the person that actually sticks around, you know, is consistent. And yes, you know, you have full permission to go to three different meetups and decide which one resonates with you, but commit yourself to it. Help them grow community, whether you're in rural Colorado, Iowa, doesn't matter. Um, but be consistent. I feel like you just said 12 things I said 12 times yesterday, Dave. And it's like, <laughs> it's thank God, but somebody validates the, like the strategies that, cause you, what you just did was confirm why I always recommend anybody out there who's worked with me for career coaching. I am a huge proponent of the hit list, right? Yep. A short list of companies that you have Yep. investigated and let's say pre-vetted as a, as a validation. And the fact that networking and prospecting that hit list is a community building exercise that does not produce a result overnight, but produces a much stronger and better intentional result over the period of time it takes to, you know, to, to manifest into something tangible. And that three, the approach to networking has to be authentic so that it does not feel and does not appear self-serving, i.e. don't lead with the, hey, I'd like a job at your company foot. At least yeah, put up a good front and say, I'd like to build a relationship with you so that I yeah. can get a job yeah. with you at your company. <laughs> so, yeah, networking yeah. is about giving, right? And and this is all about the give first ethos. It's how, you know, tell me what's keeping you up at night. You know, these, these are conversation starters, you know, any, anything but the, Hey, I'm looking for a job. I saw you guys are hiring. Don't do that ever. Right. That's, um, you know, sure. If they're running out the door and you, you have a business card, you want to hand them, you know, please don't hand them a resume at a networking event. Like that's a no, no, uh, it, it lift one another up, right? How can you be of assistance to them? How can you make their life easier? Don't walk into a room and say, I'm looking for work, right? It's, you know, what are the challenges you're facing? What's keeping you up at night? How can I be of assistance to you? This is the give first ethos. Yep. And I love that you just brought that kind of all full full circle with the idea of, you know, giving first and the, and the results will come. Yep. And again, if you are not in panic mode, you have a little bit of space to be able to, to kind of leverage these types of types of strategies. Um, I, I once told a candidate, I was like, do you go to a first date with a ring in your pocket? No. <laughs> if if the, you do, the, stop it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, this is the part where Dave and I begin giving relationship advice. But there's so many hilarious correlations between dating and job searching. And sometimes you just have to give that ridiculous example to say, yep. you know, not only do you not go to a first date with the ring in your pocket, you sure as hell don't pop that question at the end of the first date either. So don't, you know, don't go too hard and fast in, in networking, um, which I think brings us to the other question and other just uh, piece of advice that I would get yelled at if not asking you. I get asked the following question a lot. And so I'm going to use the captive audience that I have to get an sure. answer from the horse's mouth. And that is, how do people that are actively job searching in, uh, engage with somebody like you who's on the sourcing, recruitment and company side of the coin? Yeah. So 
you know, we get tons and tons of inbound referrals uh, every day just because of how we conduct business in the community. And, and we're grateful for that. Um, you know, for us, I think it's, it's a, a simple outreach and you, anybody can reach out at, at Dave at technical integrity.com or, or technical integrity.com just to read more about us. Um, I think it's just be clear, right? It's like, um, I have read your blog, ideally, right? The audio blog that I mentioned at the top. And I've, I have a sense for, you know, where I'm headed. I've identified my, my top targets list. Um, I've done my start with why exercise, at least sort of, you know, I'm not in panic mode, right? I, I think that's, that's a number one. It's like, I'm, I'm interested in conducting an intentional uh, job search. I've identified the folks that I'm most excited about and I'd love to increase the size of my network and my reach. You know, are you open to being assistance to us, uh, to me? And, you know, how might we work together? I think it's as simple as that. It, it all goes back to approach it with authenticity yep. and in earnest, and it will, it will go well. And also yep. you have realistic expectations and a healthy dose of patience on how these types of engagements work for you in the long run, which if I would like to just extend my time on my career coach soapbox, which is why you build a network from the start of your career and you nurture it, engage it and treat it like a community because net then you don't have to start from zero anytime you want to leverage it. They're there for you. Kind of, you know, pumps are primed. Yep. Lift one another up. Uh, you know, in lean times and in good times, and it will all come together when you need to leverage your own network. That is a perfect way to kind of segue into, uh, you know, we're going to wrap things up, even though I like, I, I have so many other little like, Ooh, Dave could give candidates so much advice. So I have a feeling there's a 2.0 of this episode, but, uh, as we kind of wind things down, I would love for you to mention the resources that you have. So uh, we mentioned there's an Ikigai sheet. Is there, is, if there's anything else you want to throw out there that you've got for uh, candidates or entrepreneurs or people on the hiring side, uh, give it a shout out. Yeah, I think um, just shoot us a note at technicalintegrity.com. Um, you know, if there are um, community events that, you know, you know, you're looking for some assistance in, in bringing to life, whether it's in rural Colorado or in the front range, we're always interested in hearing about those, especially if they're, uh, you know, intentionally built. Um, and, you know, just in general, we always want to talk to uh, super smart uh, engineers and executives who are thinking about a transition and likewise uh, to organizations that are trying to build their teams um, but just not exactly sure how to attract the top talent that meet their cultural and technical attributes. Yeah. And how does everybody follow along with you and your journey in conscious entrepreneurship and executive search? Yeah, thanks. Um, so uh, I tweet, um, you know, think and say what you will about uh, the owner of Twitter these days. Uh, <laughs> I uh, No comment. Um, but, um, integrity with a T in front of it is my handle. So Tintegrity on Twitter, talk a lot about conscious entrepreneurship and startups and all of these kinds of things. Um, obviously we'll link to the show there here, obviously LinkedIn, of course, uh, everybody lives there, uh, for better or for worse. Um, and then, um, consciousentrepreneur.us is our website, but our LinkedIn group, uh, is is growing and active on 
Uh, so just find Conscious Entrepreneur Summit on LinkedIn and we'll be posting about upcoming events there. We'll be doing some a few one-offs, like there was even like a handful of people going out paddleboarding uh, who are, you know, all want to talk about conscious entrepreneurship and we'll be doing likely some dinners and these kinds of things there as well. Geez, even I got some resources to tune into, Dave. This has been great. And uh, if we're just, let's just continue the baseball softball analogy all the way to the end of the game, bottom of the ninth. I'm going to throw you one more pitch to get your number one piece of advice on what everybody out there can do to get one step closer to career and life satisfaction. I think, you know, we, we tapped into it a little bit, but truly your intuition is never wrong, but most people don't sit still long enough or create the space to really listen to what's coming up for them. And so slow down, breathe, get outside. Even if you live in the city, put your headphones on, go for a walk, hang out with friends that know you well, um, bounce ideas, do some writing, do some reading, um, you know, watch your favorite movies, see what comes up for you about, and, and, and especially if you've got perhaps even three offers, you know, listen, you know, do your pros and cons list. But really listen to what your intuition is telling you because it's always right. Give yourself time to be the human that you are, right? Versus the robot that I think we sometimes become as we just methodically and mechanically go through life. Because I think you'll be surprised what you find out about yourself if you give it the awareness and the space. So I think that's an amazing piece of advice and an excellent pearl of wisdom that will help both your life and your career. So you you knocked it out of the park. Ah, drop, mic drop on the sports analogies for this episode, everybody. There we go. I like it. Maybe the Grand Slam is if you're choosing between two opportunities and one is more money and one is more meaningful work, there's no discussion. Take the more meaningful work every time. You hit it out of the park, Dave Mayer. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of No More Mondays. There is some great advice and just, I would say, Great inspiration at the same time, right? So we definitely uh, melded uh, kind of aspirational and tactical at the same time. And I appreciate you being here and taking your time to share all of that with everybody out there. Thanks so much for the opportunity. And uh, we'll see you on the slopes. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though it's like 90 degrees here. But hey, uh, we always love we always love talking to people who have successfully navigated their own career crossroads. And it's even better when they're helping others do the same. So I hope you will check out, Dave, the important work he's doing through technical integrity and his uh, contributions to the Conscious Entrepreneur Summit show notes, all these links. There's some name drops here. We're going to link to some books. I think we're probably going to link to. So there's a ton of resources coming your way. If you head on over to nomoremondays.info, you can grab those, leave us comments, feedback, drop a guest suggestion. And in the meantime, I will see you next week for another episode of No More Mondays podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your life and career. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info to get all the details, show notes, and recommendation from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. 
For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit us online at careerbenders.com.